I don't sing, I don't dance, I don't do those anymore, anything I don't show, you won't try here anymore. Michael, 35, is experiencing a crisis. After reluctantly deciding to date again after his recent divorce, he has had trouble finding women with whom he can spend an evening sharing drinks. He finds himself looking to Bradley for help when a woman stands him up after making plans for the first date. He walks into his local haunt to find Bradley sitting in a corner booth. Bradley, 32, is pondering ways to make his dating profile more enticing. He wonders if identifying as a nihilist or a manic pixie Jew boy will make him seem more attractive to women he desires. Hey, Duder, what's going on? Hey, man. Nothing good, man. Just uh, thinking of reasons to stay alive. All right, so what do you got so far? Found a show on Netflix uh, that I kind of like. It's the superhero thing. Is that Luke Cage? <laughs> no, I, uh, I powered through Luke Cage immediately after getting laid off. This one's called The Skin. The Skin? Yeah, it's the skin. So the skin's a mutant that formed this extra skin, and then he uses his extra skin to fight crime. That's why he's called the skin. <laughs> Is there, like, some dark Netflix somewhere that you just stumbled upon? Like, how much bullshit do you have to watch before you find this stuff? Please don't ruin this for me. Anyway, so you'll never believe what happened to me last night. So I met this girl through one of the apps, and then she completely stood me up. Like, 100% stood me up. Like, no phone calls, no texts, nothing. Say more things. Okay, so, like I said, we meet on the app. Um, we just talk back and forth a little bit. Pretty mundane stuff. You know, how's your day? Monday suck. Here's a gif. Yada, yada, yada. It's pronounced jif. Whatever. So we go back and forth, and then we set up the time to meet at that new speakeasy on the Lower East Side, the bees and honey or whatever. And so I go down there, and then she just never shows up, right? Like, she's nothing. Ooh, hold on. When did you set up the date? It was, uh, I guess, Tuesday. And the date was supposed to be last night. Yeah, yeah, Thursday. And you followed up yesterday. No. Well, then it's your fault. What? Yeah. You, you need to confirm the day of in order to make the date real. That's bananas, man. So you're saying otherwise, like, the, the date's just not a thing? But we made all the plans on Tuesday. But Tuesday doesn't matter. If you don't confirm the day of, it doesn't mean shit. Ugh. All right, so fine. So I've got a date tonight. So you're saying I should text her and confirm? Yeah, do it now. Michael pulls out his phone and texts the young woman he hopes to see that evening. Either way, it's fucking rude, right? Like, at least text me and say you can't make it. At least say you're sick or, I don't know, your grandmother died or something. Like, come up with something so I don't, like, waste my entire evening. Well, put yourself in her shoes. So, she probably makes dates with a lot of guys, right? She, she's attractive. Sure. Those guys, from time to time, will flake out. And people are terrible. And when you didn't follow up the day of, she assumed you were going to flake out. It's perfectly reasonable for her to just not show up. How long were you there? I don't know, man, like an hour and a half or so. Oh. Why do you stay at these failure places for so long? What were you doing that whole time? I don't know. I was really, I was really on like a little um, emotional roller coaster. Like it starts off, you know, normal. Okay, she's fine. She's running a few minutes late. No big deal. Um, and then I start thinking about being stood up. And then I start thinking like, oh man, well, you know, what if she was in some kind of accident? Like what if something happened while she was on the way there? Like maybe she was hit by a bus or something. Fucking buses. What? Buses, man. You don't want to get hit by a bus. What? They're owned by the city, and even if you survive, you can sue, but the city's not going to pay you out that well. You want to get hit by a mail truck. That's where that federal money is. the fuck are you talking about, man? Just think about it for a second. On top of all of those sweet, sweet federal dollars, you're going to survive, probably, because a mail truck's pretty small. Can I finish my story, please? Okay, so I weigh the odds that she's dead, and I figured that can't possibly be true. I don't see why it can't possibly be true, but you seem pretty into the story, so continue. 
So at this point, I pull out my phone and I text her something like really innocuous, right? Like, hey, so I got here in record time. Just wanted to see how you're doing. Nothing. A little time goes by then I'm like, okay, wait, how about this? So then I go with, uh, hey, so let me know when you're close. They've got our table ready, but they can't, you know, hold it all night long. Nothing. So now I'm like really pissed. Now I'm pretty confident that she's standing me up. Except nothing fundamental has changed here and she still might be dead. So I'm angry, right? I flip into kind of this semi-stalker mode that I'm not really proud of. And so I start like, you know, I got her picture, I got her first name, I know that she went to Montclair State. So I start doing all these Google searches trying to find her. So eventually I track her down. She works for some like construction company. They sell like big construction equipment or I don't know, something. And so I start thinking to myself like, well, what can I do, right? So I'm angry at her. She stood me up. Like, how can I get back at her? I feel like, you know, we need some balance back in the universe here. So I start thinking like, do I you know, send a bunch of weird shit to her office? Do I call her? Do I like set up some meeting that she would be really excited about and then just completely stand her up so she knows how it feels to be stood up? So I go back and forth in this and eventually I come to like a, uh, a realization. There is so much I want to say right now. I, I have no doubt that... Uh... Okay, I realize I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do that isn't a complete asshole move. Basically, everything I do can be traced back to me. And then I become the center of some, like, think piece that she posts online somewhere. I just have to sit here and take the fact that someone can completely disregard me as a human being, and I can't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. Dude, why are you so buried in your... Who are you texting? Uh, this girl from J-Swipe. J-Swipe? Yeah, it's a dating app. It's like the one I downloaded for you, but just for Jews. Seriously? Yeah. There's, like, a... There are a lot of Jewish dating services, but this is the only one I know of that's not religious. <laughs> So check it out. It's just like all the other apps. You swipe left, you swipe left, you swipe right. The only difference here is A, right? Like I said, it's only Jews. And instead of hearts when you swipe left and, and X's when you swipe right, it's a star of David either way, but with a happy face or a sad face. But wait a second. Like, isn't that discriminatory? Like, if a Jewish girl says, I only want to date Jewish guys, like, flip that script a little bit, right? So if you take, like, a, any other person, like, she didn't want to date a Jewish guy, that sounds like anti-Semitic, right? But the other way around, and nobody bats an eye. There's even, like, this app for it. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could see it that way, but when you come from a people that are obsessed with their recent genocide, this is what you get. And if you don't like it, I think you should protest it and see where that gets you. <laughs> yeah, that's not, uh, not going to be something I do. Uh, did you set the date up already? Yeah, we're going to go out tonight. Okay, so you're doing the follow-up with her? Practice what I preach. Hey, maybe this can be a reason to, uh, you know, live and not kill yourself or whatever. Yeah, nothing quite as life-affirming as a Jewish girl allowing a Jewish guy to buy her a drink. I think I'll keep putting my faith in the skin for now. Buddy, you are my ray of sunshine. Uh, okay, so let's talk positives. Give me your best case scenario for tonight. Best case is that she's as flirty as person as she is in these texts. But you connected on the Jewish dating app, right? So she's somewhat religious. So I'm guessing she's probably looking for something serious. So you're not going to sleep with her tonight. You're just not listening to me either. Uh, like I said, this app's not religious. And also, if I'm really lucky, she'll tell me to my face that she doesn't want to sleep with me tonight. Because in my experience, women only tell you that when they're strongly considering having sex with you that night, and they're just as much warning you that it's not going to happen as they are convincing themselves that they won't. Well, the way you just said that made me very uncomfortable. Just an observation. Later that evening, Bradley meets Ava, 25, at the corner table of a posh subterranean bar in the East Village. Ava was born and raised in New York City. She has resided in several apartments throughout her life, though all were within a three-block radius of her birthplace. Because of this, she is constantly looking for an excuse to unshackle herself and yearns for warmer climates. Ava prides herself on her excellent taste in shampoo scents and perfumes, but secretly prefers the smell of gasoline. We join them about an hour and a half into their date. His superpower is his skin? Can we talk about something else? I just really wish I hadn't brought that up. No way. A man's Netflix preferences tell a woman everything she needs to know about him. 
Well, then I'm definitely not going to tell you about that obsessive weekend I spent watching Fuller House. I think you just made me pregnant. <laughs> That's great. Uh, what celebrity do people say that you look like? I'm getting flashes of someone, but I can't put my finger on it, and it's going to drive me crazy. I get Kim Kardashian a lot. Bradley resists the urge to tell Ava that she was more of a Chloe than a Kim. Yes, that's definitely it. I um, I get Bradley Cooper sometimes. And you were fishing for that so hard. Did I at least plant the seed? No. Damn it! Uh, I guess I'll have to rely on whatever charm I can scrape together then. <laughs> Ava giggles and then rests her hand on Bradley's knee. Bradley blushes. It's getting kind of late. Do you mind if we get the check? Sure, that's fine. Uh, how are you getting home? We are getting home in a cab. Michael does not receive a response to his confirmation text and is now in a real bind. The time and location of the date have been specifically agreed upon. If he fails to show up to the date, then he is no less villainous than the girl who stood him up the previous evening. His virtuous nature gets the best of him and he decides that he would rather be left at the bar alone than do the same to someone else. He trusts that karmically, his good nature will result in a fun night with a potential mate at a high-end bar in Gramercy Park. Unfortunately, she never arrives. Claire, 33, is a bartender who, while still quite young, has wrinkles around her eyes, normally characteristic of a much older woman. At the age of 19, repeated viewings of the musical film Fame motivated her to relocate from Macon, Georgia, to New York City. She has not been to an audition in years. The process of constant rejection has broken Claire emotionally. Michael is about to look to this shadow of a person for guidance during his own troubled time. Can I get you another drink, or are you still waiting for your friend? Well, um, unless she's like 45 minutes late without texting, I'd say my waiting is over. Sit up, huh? You know it. Second time this week. Yikes. Has it ever happened to you? Of course. I've been single in the city for a big chunk of the 14 years I've been here. And it happens. It sucks, but it happens. Seriously, I genuinely don't know how someone can do this. How you can just be so disrespectful of someone and not even show up. Any half-decent person would never do this. Don't be so quick to judge. Feeling a little judgy right now. I've stood people up before. Really? It was back when online dating was still something people were embarrassed about. I connected with this guy and we set up a time to meet. I was ready to head down to the bar, but when the time came, I just freaked out. I couldn't get ready. Didn't go down there and didn't deal with it. And I wish I could tell you that it felt horrible, but it didn't. This guy was just a couple photos and a paragraph or two that I messaged a few times. He wasn't real to me. Did he ever contact you? Sure, of course. He went off on me, called me a bitch and a cunt, said truly horrible things. Things that just confirmed that I made the right decision to ditch out. No matter what I did, his reaction was insane. See, that's why I can't text this girl what I want to text her. What she's doing is shitty, and I don't want to give her a reason to be like, oh, well, you know, he was an asshole. Is there any way I could possibly respectfully express how pissed I am at her? Not really. You could only be a prick. Meanwhile, Bradley and Ava are traveling at 50 miles per hour northbound on the West Side Highway, though their speed is increasing. Their driver, Mamadou, 35, grows wary of the displays of affection being enacted in his cab. Though Mamadou has seen more egregious examples of PDA from those he transports to and fro in New York, he is in no mood for such activities on this night. For you see, Mamadou has recently been told that Sandy, the woman at his dispatch for whom he harbors a long-standing crush, is now dating Jose, a young upstart driver known for his annoying habit of clipping his fingernails in public. Ava whispers to Bradley. 
I feel like he's driving crazy fast. Well, whatever. The sooner we get back to my place, the better. Take it easy there. You know I'm not going to have sex with you tonight. Bradley smiles. Meanwhile, back in Gramercy... Another drink over here? Sure, why not? So you're saying there's no way to get back at her for this? You're still thinking about getting revenge on this girl? You know that's messed up, right? I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm not a vengeful person, but this whole thing just feels wrong. Why are you so offended by this? You've never met her. You have zero history with her, and you're all worked up because she disrespected you? She doesn't matter. It's hard to even say that she owes you anything. Just forget about it and move on. I just hate it. The best revenge is living well, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. She's never going to know I'm living well. What's the point of living well if nobody sees it? Bradley and Ava enter Bradley's studio apartment. Take off your pants. Ava aggressively pushes Bradley onto the bed. Oof, uh, can I just get warmed up a little bit first? I said take off your pants. Now, if you start feeling uncomfortable, just tell me to stop. Lift your legs up in the air. All right. I'm down for anything. Just be careful down there. Oh, too rough, too rough. Don't be such a pussy. I barely touched you. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I'm really ticklish. Okay. (laughs) Let's try again. Which finger is that? Okay, actually feels kind of... Is that your tongue? Damn! Bradley's mind drifts off as he experiences a sensation he'd only imagined previously. His ecstasy is short-lived, however, as Ava has bigger plans for the two of them. She stands up on the bed and begins tugging off her tights. Okay, you've had enough fun. Now it's my turn. You might want to put a towel down, though. I'm on my period. What? I'm not going to do that to you while you're on your period. Like hell you're not. I just licked your hairy ass. I thought you said you were down for anything. Bradley turns on the lights and looks at Ava. All of his drive to continue this tryst begins to drain away. I'm just not comfortable doing that. I'm down for anything else, though. Okay, then come over here and fuck me. Wait, were we not just talking about fucking? That's what I don't want to do to you on your period. What were you talking about? You going down on me? Oh! (sighs) Listen, you know how when you sleep with someone too soon and you lose your desire to have sex with them again? Sure, but we haven't had sex. Right? But I'm just thinking that getting my butt licked sort of kicked that into hyperdrive. Also, I just think maybe I'm not the kind of guy who's going to be able to satisfy someone like you. Are you fucking serious? There's no way you're this much of an asshole. Actually, you're not even an asshole. You're just a small, lousy excuse for a man. Ava stares at Bradley for a moment, then swiftly dresses herself, throws on her shoes, and storms out the door. Bradley stands in relief for a moment, then a dark feeling creeps over him. He wonders if Ava is right. Is he a small, lousy excuse for a man? What motivates him to bring women home that he clearly has no intention of pursuing seriously? And at that, if he brings a woman home for a fling, why shouldn't he let it play out to its most extreme end? But before he can give it another thought, fear grips him as he hears Ava's shoes pounding against the stairs leading up to his apartment door. What could Ava have in store for Bradley now? Emotionally exhausted from his own neurotic worry, he could not stand another verbal lashing from a would-be lover. Listen, I'm sorry, but... Save it, pussy. I forgot my jacket. Michael leaves the bar and heads home. The crisp evening air refreshes him and realigns his brain. During this return journey, he formulates a plan. It's simple, but requires commitment. He decides that he's in it for the long haul. It begins with two texts. Hey there, Ellen. Hope you got home safe and sound. Thanks again for the wonderful evening. Would you be down for checking out 
that aren't opening this Friday. There's no response. Michael delays for 11 minutes before typing the second text. Ha ha, ha ha ha, deal. I will see you then. Sweet dreams. Michael is pleased with himself. Too Old Today was created by Mike Tanzillo and Brad Garoon. This episode was written by Brad and Mike with production assistance from Toby Singer. Our theme music is Loveless by GoGo Ghost. Stalk us on social media at Too Old Today. If you have questions, comments, or the unbearable desire to be an angry troll, email us at info at twooldtodate.com. Want to share your dating stories? Give us a call at 718-559-1040 and leave us a message with your story. If we get really good ones, we'll play them on the show. For more info, visit twooldtodate.com. And while you're there, consider leaving a donation. It will help us make more shows, pay for more dates, and... Maybe give the narrator a raise. Darkest night, and we will glow.